Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with Dan Clark. The reason I look like I have a halo over my head is because you do. Because I do. <laughs> Actually, that looks like a Kardashian mirror. It might be. Two of them. They cost more than my car. We need to talk, girl. <laughs> we are. We're about to not only talk, it's going to be recorded and the world gets to hear it. That makes me nervous. <laughs> I know because somehow the 5,500 speeches you've given really were quite easy. This one might be a bit challenging. Absolutely. <laughs> because it's me. I know, but I love you too. I honor you, my friend. You know that. Thank you. I feel it, it is such <laughs> an honor to have you here. And you know what was fun? I cannot wait. And I love that Tess knows this, but we have some exciting questions for you later. <laughs> He's like, Yep. Be scared. Be very, very scared. <laughs> you know what? To compliment those of you who don't know me, that one of the things that I admire, you know, you can say I love you. You can say I respect you. I honor you. But I want you to know I admire Tess and I admire Louisa because they're exactly the same off stage as they are on stage. And that's where we build our credibility, not just as speakers or coaches, but as human beings. So that's why I'm never nervous to talk to you, my friend, because I'm, this is it. This is me. It's, it's not so a show on stage. And so be nice to me because here we come, vulnerable, transparent Danny boy. That is my favorite part. And oops, I just undid my light. Hang on one sec. Um. I don't see any difference. Do you, Tess? Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure I look good. Well, yeah, I, I didn't know this was an option. I would have held out for a mauve spotlight and a fog machine. <laughs> I, I would have absolutely done exactly the same. You know, I definitely think that meeting you for the first time was one of the most entertaining experiences of my entire life. Well, first of all, I, who's, who here has actually gotten to know Dan Clark in person? Like, have you ever seen him in person? Okay. Several times, yeah. He's kind of tall, right? Like he's super tall and he's, and I'm five feet tall and he's like, what, six, five or six, four? Six, five. Yeah. Gigantic. So I'm standing next to him and I'm like, wow, you're you're definitely tall. So then he goes off and tells this. Can we 
start with the story right away before everyone even hops on. I'm dying to go there. Yes. About what? Uh oh. Yes. Uh oh. So <laughs> be ready, Dan. All right. So Dan starts off my first experience with Dan, and it is the fern story. <laughs> He knows exactly where you're going. You know I have so to. Funny. I had to go there, Dan. I haven't shared that story with very many people, so I don't know if you're the unlucky few, or. But so you want me to tell the story? I kind of do. Yeah, yeah. So if you've ever been to a higher Regency hotel, it doesn't matter if you're in Hong Kong or Orange County. The architecture is the same. It's one giant atrium that goes all the way up 27 stories, 50 stories, however tall, so that the, every floor has a balcony where you can look down all the way down to the main floor where you register for your hotel room. And I'm speaking in New Orleans and the Hyatt Regency manages the Superdome. And I'd spoken at the Superdome and then they have this little walkway that goes right from the Superdome right into the Hyatt Regency. So I'm on that after my speech and I'd spoken to about 40,000 folks and I'm just exhausted and fired up all at the same time. And so I get back to my hotel room and it's about probably 11 o'clock at night, maybe later, maybe midnight. I order room service, I'm so hungry. And I've had my suit, my coat and tie on most of the day, even though I was the closing speaker, I was there the whole day at the convention. So I take off my clothes and I have every intention of just hopping in a cold shower before I go to bed, but I order room service and room service is delivered to my room. And so I'm in my room. I didn't answer the door with naked, obviously. I put on my robe, but I get my room service. I get my food. And for those of you who've ordered room service, you don't want the food still on your tray as you sleep because if it's Mexican or if it's fish or something, it stinks up your room. So you've got to take your tray out of your door. you got to stick it out in the hall no matter what. So it's late. And I open my door and I got my tray. And I'm looking left and I'm looking right. And you know how we are. We want to make sure that we stick it on the side away from our door so that when housekeeping or someone comes, they don't think you're the bum that stuck your tray out in the hallway for people to trip over. So I got my long leg barefoot, keeping my door open. And I lean down to put my tray on the floor and my door shuts behind me. And I'm stranded. I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. And the only choice I have is to call security, the house phone, which is over by the elevator. And the reason why Louisa calls it the fern story, because thank God there was a fern <laughs> a pot next to the little miniature table that had the house phone on it next to the, next to the elevator. So yeah, I'm 6'5", I weigh about 235, and I'm freaking stranded. So I can't tiptoe. That's not going to do me any good. I bolt <laughs> as fast as I can. I get to the fern. I'm hiding behind the fern. I'm looking. I lean up. I grab the phone. Housekeep. I mean, front desk. You got to send security up with a key to my room. And the lady goes, do you have identification? I'm like, no, I'm hiding behind a fern. I'm naked as a jaybird. 
send someone fast. So I'm hiding in a fern, you know, come on. It's not going to cover too much of me. <laughs> now all of a sudden, this security guard shows up. And I'm not, he, he's, he thinks his badge gives him way too much power. Sir, do you have identification? I said, I'm nude. <laughs> I can't let you in, sir. It's against the law. I can't let you in unless you show me identification. He said, I don't keep my driver's license in my pocket. You've got to help me. So he's on the radio, and I'm looking left and right, hoping nobody comes out of the room because they'd get a free room out of it. I'd have to pay for everybody. <laughs> Finally, he opens the door, and I'm like, dude. Quit staring at me. I go in, I get my wallet, I show my ID. And before the door even shuts, he's on the radio. You won't believe what just happened to me. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Now I'm part of the Hyatt Regency folklore. <laughs> Why? This is my first impression, Louisa. Take them on you and Tess. I, I cannot help it. So I meet Dan Clark. And this is, this is the first... Well, for, well, actually, I had met you on a mastermind a couple of days before yeah. that. You had just had throat surgery. So you had this like sexy, raspy voice. And then I didn't put the two together until you were telling the story. And it dawns on me. I'm like, I recognize the sexy, raspy <laughs> voice. It all made sense to me that you were the superstar telling the story. So I hear the story. And then the very next day, I see Dan Clark on stage. And all I could picture, by the way, I kept sending him text messages of me hiding behind a fern while he's like, every every place I went to, I took a picture behind a fern and texted it to him. I was like, how about me now, Dan? That is funny. So welcome, by the way. This is the first mastermind in I don't even know how long. We were meeting every other week and it's been a while since we've been on. So we are bringing it home with a bang with Dan Clark and his fern. And that's so funny to me. And so, Dan, you have authored 37 books, New York Times bestseller authored, a university professor, gold record so songwriter, filmmaker, award winning athlete whose football career got cut short. You've been featured in Sports Illustrated, Forbes Success, Oprah, my favorite. Quite a few, like you've kind of been everywhere. How did you, how did this all start for you? How did you become Dan Clark? You're so funny. Uh, I guess we all have a sig signature story. <clears throat> and um, maybe I can coach us along as far as a speaker. Uh, Tess, she enrolled in my Speak Like a Pro uh, speaking course, and she's one of my prized students who just is so amazing in her story. So she would be the only one on this mastermind call, this whatever we're calling it. But there are four sources from which we find our material, our content. And one of them is just life. Have somebody interview you, what, 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 what have you experienced in life? Number two, your transition experiences. And a transitional experience is where you go from school to school, job to job, Maybe you get married, you go from single to married. Maybe you go from married to divorced. Maybe you, if your dad or mom are in the military, you move every two and a half years. So you don't really open up and, and, and develop close friendships in schools because you know you're going to leave. You have to say goodbye, whatever the case may be. We all have transitional experiences. 
third source of content of material creation of finding our message is called SEEC experience, significant emotional events. And a significant emotional event is an experience where we can actually measure and quantify exactly how we thought, what we believed and how we behaved before it occurred and how we now think differently and behave differently because it occurred. So the two operative words are before and because. So a divorce is a transitional experience. A devastating divorce is a significant emotional event. I had throat surgery when I was eight. Uh, I was hospitalized during COVID. I almost died gasping for air. I coughed so violently, I ruptured my blood vessels and my vocal cords, and it turned into a, a cancer diagnosis where I would rupture, it would scab, then I would rupture again, and the scab would scab over the scab, it continuously grow. So I've had three so throat surgeries since uh, June 22nd of 2021, and I'm still working on it. Um, and, uh, you know, I was paralyzed playing football, my dad died. Uh, we all have significant emotional events. And what we have to do is, as Tess would, 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 would attest to, that's funny, is that we don't just tell stories. Some of us have been on calls, masterminds, clubhouse, some social media, FaceTime, whatever. And some people jump on and they just tell a story and they haven't taken the time to figure out what the life lesson is and why it's worth sharing what it's why it's worth telling and in defense of that my experience is everybody has a story so mine's not more extraordinary than anyone else's i've just taken the time to learn the life lesson so i know it's worth sharing and i've polished it and as a songwriter i edit so every word pays its own way so you don't just go off on tangents and you remove the redundancy and really get to how you can change someone's life how you can keep someone from taking their life, how you can, you know, whatever the case may be. Significant emotional events, we all have them. I challenge you to start figuring it out. And as you sift through them, you will find your one signature story, which is the long answer to Luis's simple question. But the fourth source of, of content creation, of story, of material development is just a bucket list that you turn into a living list. Make a list of people you want to meet, places you want to go, adventures you want to go on. Invest in yourself. The reason why we invest in a mastermind is because of the relationships. Remember, the greatest, the greatest form of commerce is not money. It's, it's proximity. That's why I, I, I said no to, I mean, I said yes to Louisa because you, you're a beautiful soul. I watch how you and why you and who you attract. And then I kind of, you know, edge up, but, you know, belly up to the conversations to hear what you talk about. And you're so fun loving, obviously you're into fitness, obviously you're into philosophy, obviously you're into psychology and spirituality. But at the end of the day, it's your MO is you want to, you want to serve others. You always want to know how you can help someone else that has entered your inner circle. It's just so cool. I but if I hang around with Louisa, I get access to her circle of influence, 
because I don't know any of you on this call except beautiful Tess, I knew I was going to have access to and get proximity to your people by saying yes to coming on this call. And I would hope that all of you will keep in touch with me because when the water lake goes up, all the boats rise together. Anyway, make a bucket list of who you want to meet and figure out how to do it because there's six degrees of separation. I've, I've soared into space. I've flown all the fighter jets. I flew with the Thunderbirds. If you've seen Top Gun Maverick, I took off a carrier, USS Harry S. Truman aircraft carrier. In an F-18, I did everything you saw in the movie. My, my call sign is not Maverick, Iceman, Rooster, or, or, or Cougar. It's Hot Lips, no questions. But I've gone down eight times to Iraq, Afghanistan, firing up the troops. I've done everything I've really wanted to do, dined with presidents, fired up. I'm dear family friends with royalty from United Arab Emirates. Uh, Sheikh Nahan's a dear family friend. All because of a bucket list saying, okay, how can I serve them? What charity do they embrace? How can I volunteer to that charity? How can I create my own proximity and create that law of reciprocity? So eventually, even though that's not my motive, eventually when they know what my speaker's fee is, when they know that I can give them access to other cool things, that somehow they get to a point where they say, Dan, what can I do for you? I wanna go up into space. I want to fly a fighter jet. I want to serve on the Olympic committee and carry the Olympic torch and light the cauldron the day before the opening ceremonies. So make a bucket list, dream big, think bigger than you've ever thought before, but then invest in yourself, find your signature story in your significant emotional events, figure out what the life lessons are. That is one freaking long answer to your simple question. Let me just simply say the most that 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 the number one signature story, significant emotional event I've had in my life. I played football for 13 years. I was paralyzed in a tackling drill. Compressed my seventh cervical vertebrae in my neck. Uh, severed the axillary nerve in my right deltoid muscle. Severed, suffered a grade two concussion. Look that up. That's pretty bad. My eye drooped. I had loss of speech. I couldn't talk anymore. My right side was paralyzed. My arm dangled at my side leaving me paralyzed for 14 months. I went to 16 doctors, 15 of whom told me I would never recover. I would never get any better. How many of you have heard this? What happens if you believe it? You never get any better. And my life spiraled downward until I hit what I thought was rock bottom. Now I fought my way back to a 95% recovery. And the two most frequently asked questions are the life lessons that turned this significant emotional event, this paralysis, into a full-time speaking profession that led to writing books, gold records and songwriting, professional speakers, hall of fame, blah, blah, blah. Question number one, why did I keep going to so many different doctors? Answer, and it's worth sharing. I kept going from doctor to doctor until I found one who believed I would get better. Isn't that why we're on this call? Isn't that why I did more than just blow smoke up Luisa's nose, what happens is when you hang in her circle, which includes Tess, which includes all of you, after we get through laughing, after we get through extracting from, from one another our own fern stories, you dog, 
before, I love we, Japan. before we before we retire to our rooms, we have a meaningful conversation guaranteed with everyone leaving saying, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you, see you again. Lyrics to one of my hit songs. I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see Louisa again and again and again. Same with Tess, same with all of you. Second, most frequently asked question, life lesson we're sharing. Clark, what took you so long to recover? Look around. Why are people struggling to pivot out of COVID? It's those who don't know who they are, why they do what they do, and what their signature story is that's worth sharing with the world. Because when the water the lake goes up, we all rise together. We've got to understand that it's about service before self, and then we can get anything we want in this life. We can get anything in life that we want if we're willing to help enough other people get what they want. My mentor, Zig Ziglar, sponsored me in the National Speakers Association way back in 82, mentored me for 25 years. Wealth flows through you, Louisa, not to you, Tess. They've both schooled me and mentored me in that philosophy that all of us need to acquire. So I start getting better. I start coming back from football. I listened to a tape by Zig Ziglar, vice president of the University of Utah, where I was uh, an alumni. He was concerned. I was suicidal. I lost my identity. Maybe some of you have. I thought I was a football player when in reality, that's just what I did, not who I am as a man. Great quote. When we identify ourselves in terms of what we do instead of who we are, we become a human doing instead of a human being unacceptable if what we want is to achieve a level beyond success that I call significance. And this vice president gives me a tape by Zig Ziglar. I thought, whoa, his mom ran out of names. So out of curiosity, I plugged it out, listened to it, and it changed my life. And the reason why it changed my life is it was a 45-minute keynote. I can't tell you anything he said except he told stories. And I remember one story that changed my belief that helped me understand what I needed to do to connect my head with, our, with my heart, which I'd never done before. So the second question, what took me so long to recover? I was asking the wrong questions. I was asking the doctors how to get better when I should have been asking myself why. Once we answer why, figuring out the how-to becomes clear and simple. And as I started to get better, I was asked to speak. And I went to my dad after a few times and I said, dad, I've been asked to speak quite a few times. What kind of a speaker should I be? And he said, the kind of speaker you want to listen to, well, I love stories, so I decided to become a storyteller. And that, I, I promise you, dear, dear, dear Luisa, I will never take that long to answer a question again. <laughs> I absolutely love the answer, and I've been taking notes along the way. So I actually, a lot of us are where you initially first started, and I, I was telling you I'm going to be speaking on Thursday, and you were giving me some amazing feedback on how to prepare for it. And I really want a pause us because I think everybody else will benefit from that conversation. So let's go back to when you first started, how did you put your story together on your very first stage, on your very first conversation? Because right now it's easy for you, but what about everyone who's starting now? Okay. So let me just take you through a process that I go through in my coaching program, speak like a pro that Tess has gone through. So just bear with me for a second. Every person, one-on-one, one-on-12, one-on-18, one-on-200 at a corporate meeting, one-on-20,000 in an arena, every person 
craves the answers to three questions. Number one, and I have it, I call it my speaker's triangle and it's an inverted triangle because visually you can see it's a funnel. You answer question number one and question number two, it automatically begs the answer to question number three. So every person craves the answers to those three questions. Number one, why should I listen to you? Have you done it? And are you currently doing it? So let me just pause. That's the credibility piece. Okay. You are an expert in some field. I have what I call the balance wheel. And if you want, Louisa, I could, I could send you the PDF and you could just send it to everybody on this call. Love that. Most mentors, most experts going all the way back to Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, who was a dear friend of my dad's and myself. He called my dad in the hospital when he was battling cancer. Zig Ziglar, uh, Napoleon Hill, and you know Tony Robbins, Brendan Burchard, bring it to, to today, you know, Maxwell. Everybody has their version of the balance wheel, but all of them have dissected life into only six areas, and they name them nouns, which evoke no emotion. Physical, mental, spiritual, social, financial, and family. So someone says, okay, why don't you set a physical goal? Everybody thinks about weight loss or I'm going to run a marathon. It's so shallow. It's a noun. It evokes no daily righteous routine to make me better today than I was yesterday. So what I did is I dissected life into nine categories, nine areas, and I changed the noun title into an active verb, which evokes movement. So remember, I stayed paralyzed for 14 months because I was asking the wrong questions. Asking the doctors how to get better when I should have been asking myself why. Once we answer why, figuring out the how-to becomes clear and simple. When we only engage the brain, we only, we only focus on the what and the how. When we only focus on the what and the how, we only engage the brain. But if we add to that a passionate why and a compelling want, which is our reason, which is our meaningful goal, it connects the head with the heart. And physiologically, our blood pumps more rapidly, our brains fire, and our muscles magnify, which maxes up, maximizes our performance. And if we only engage the head, the what and the how, no such motivational or inspirational experience occurs. So do you want to just be a transactional leader, which is only talking about the what and the how? Do you only want to be a transactional speaker, which is only about the how and the what? You kill people death by PowerPoint, or do you want to add to that a passionate why a compelling want? Because what happened when I connected my head with a heart, with my heart, it made my football injury one of the best things that ever happened to me. Don't misunderstand, not my paralysis, but who I became because of it. Like I said a moment ago, I thought I was a football player when in reality, that's just what I did, not who I am as a man, which means adversity introduces us to ourselves. No one will ever know how strong we are until being strong is our only choice. Pain is a signal to grow, not to suffer. No pain, no gain really means no heart, no chance. Nothing happens to us. Everything happens for us. You see how you can start creating your own one-liners when you take the time to figure out what you know what you're an expert in. And so my nine categories, which will prick your conscience. Number one, 
physical fitness. You don't just go to the gym once. Tess, she inspires me. She moves me to tears. She moves me to laughter. I smile the entire time she's telling her stories because she's continuously taking us on her current journey that has so much more to do with life and success turning to significance than just losing weight or maintaining a weight. And she, through our process and our coaching program, finally discovered that she is a guru at so many different levels that all of us crave the answers to. Wisdom is a gift of the elderly, not that she's old, I am. But when an old woman dies, an entire library burns to the ground. Tess and Louisa are both beautiful young women, but the metaphor and the quote holds true. We can't afford to die with our music still in us. And you have stories and experiences, significant emotional events that can save someone's marriage, save someone's life, inspire somebody to hang tough long enough to raise one more capital campaign to turn their million dollar entrepreneurial idea into reality. So, can, so physical fitness, continuous education, deeper spirituality, Religions for those who are afraid to go to hell. Spirituality is for those of us who have already been there. Don't be afraid <laughs> to talk about spirituality. You're making yourself a, a deeper, more spiritual being. Emotional stability, emotional prosperity. How do you how do you engage with people so you guarantee they leave you saying, "I like best when I'm with you. I want to see you again." Number five, uh, social networking. It's not who you know. It's who knows you. Uh, financial literacy, make some money, but do the right thing with your money. Family togetherness, so critical. No other success can compensate for failure in the home. Number eight, fun and recreation. So Louisa posts, and she's at some pool party. She's on the beach. She's active. She's doing all these wonderful things. And then all of a sudden she puts on this, you know, $2,500 outfit to jump on this podcast or this mastermind and puts on the business hat, the consultation hat. And she plays these different roles because she understands the balance wheel. So number eight is fun and recreation. And number nine is charitable giving. If you want to make your bucket list, a living list and turn it into reality, as I just flippantly said a moment ago, Make a list of the Sir Richard Bransons, the Be Jeff Bezos, the Elon Musks, the Warren Buffetts, the movers and shakers, and then take it down a level, you know, the Matthew McConaughey's, the Tony Robbins, whoever you want to meet and interview and inter engage with. The easiest way to get proximity is to, with a service before self mindset, Find out what floats their boat, what's their favorite kind of recreation. You can't find these people behind a desk. You can't make an appointment to meet with them in an office. And go serve their same charity. And eventually they're going to say, Louisa, you've been here several times. Thank you so much for believing in what I believe in. What do you do? Oh, I'm a life coach and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how can I help you? Well, here's the names of three of my closest friends. They desperately need to hire you as their coach. I want you to call them and I'll grease the skids, blah, blah, blah. It happens every time. 
I've gone into space, flown the fighter jets. Remember, why should I listen to you? Have you done it? Are you currently doing it? And I gave you the nine aspects and areas of the balance wheel to prick your conscience that you are an expert with a significant emotional event in at least one of those nine categories, if not two or three or five or, or, or a few. So there's no excuse for you to say, I don't have any materials. I don't have a story. You can't get off this, this call and say, oh my gosh, I got to go jump in front of a bus so I have a story of recovery. <laughs> no, I knew I was twisted. I knew my profession had twisted me. When I was on an airplane one time, we hit turbulence. We are bouncing all over the sky. It was brutal. It was kind of scary. People are saying the rosary. People are screaming. People are praying. And what am I thinking? If we crash and I survive, my speaker speed triples. This is so <laughs> So, answer to question number one, why should I listen to you? Question number two, and I do it too. I don't want to listen to your story and just leave being impressed with you, Louisa. I want people to leave impressed with themselves that they can do what I just did. Here are the steps of resiliency. Here's how I came back. Here's how I did this. Here's how I did that. Here's how, here, here is when and why I discovered the difference between love and romance and what I really want. Blah, 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 blah. So can I do it too with my past, with my weaknesses, with my limitations, and with my strengths? It's the possibility piece. Credibility, possibility. And if you answer both of those questions as you're trying to figure out your signature story, is you're trying to validate that, yes, you have a mission. Yes, you have a story and a solution worth sharing. The last question is, okay, how do I do it? How do I get from where I am to where I want to be? What's the system? It's the usability piece. Is it worth it to me? And that's why you have a conclusion in your remarks. And that's why you have a call to action. The, the, the other thing I want you to remember is there's four ways more of a direct answer to Luis's question. I have not forgotten it. Four ways to start every conversation, which are the four ways to start every interview, Luisa, on Thursday and every speech. Number one, ask a question. You cannot not answer a question. Number two, quote a startling factoid, a, a statistic that's legit, not Wikipedia, that gets people to go, whoa. Number three, start with a joke. Start with something humorous. That's what I do because that's me and that's how I kind of. Well, you know, just so you know, why do you think we started? That's why we started with the fern, by the way. I know. Thank you. I, dear. Helped, I helped you break in your joke. <laughs> the fourth way to start every conversation, start an interview, start a speech is to just start by telling a story. So that was important for me to share with you from a speaker coach perspective. Maybe Luisa will give you a, a link where you can join me and Tess will give me a, a, a recommendation. But Absolutely. What, what Luisa and I talked about is that when you're on an interview, first, it doesn't do you any good to get on Oprah if you don't have your book in the store. Don't shoot your wad unless you have your ducks in a row. And we absolutely have to look at life that it, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So all of these other speaker coaching programs, basically they, they, they promise the world, I can get you on stages. I will help you win stages. 
But if you're not prepared and you haven't consolidated and figured out how to create that Hall of Fame speech, this funny, evocative with a quote, emotional, so people remember, if you are not showing up as the best version of yourself, shame on you, because if you bomb, you will never get another chance. I promise you. So if you're prepared, you shall not fear. Everybody says the number one fear of people is the fear of speaking in public, and I disagree. The number one fear of people is not speaking well in public. And we can help. Louisa can help. Tess can help. We can help each other. So what's going to happen to Louisa on Thursday is she has 26 minutes. And she's in Santa Barbara. And it's filmed and broadcast out of Montecito, which is where Oprah lives. It's where Harry and and his uh, his, his worthless wife, who oh. ruined his freaking you know, life uh, as part of the, 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 the monastery. I mean, the, the, the uh, monarchy, that's where he lives. You know, throw an egg at his house as you drive by. Uh, I'm such a fan of the world. You really feel, Dan. I know, I'm such a fan of the Royals. Give me a freaking break. <laughs> anyway, uh, what Louisa needs to do is understand what her ducks are how her ducks are in a row and what her personal agenda is. There's gotta be a reason to be on a magnificent show that Luis is gonna be on other than just, I wanna be famous or this is gonna be cool to show to my daughter. Yeah. You know, there has to be a deeper agenda. And once you decide what that agenda is, what your signature story is that can help heal a relationship, help heal someone who's lost their identity, someone, all the things we've talked about, when you know what your calling is, may I interrupt? Calling, what would you drive five hours one way to say to somebody for free? And if you wouldn't, you don't have a calling. You just wanna be a speaker because you're, we have an ego trip or we like the adrenaline rush and wow, that was cool, I wanna do it again. I'm, I'm the wrong guy to talk to. It has to be a calling. What would you drive five hours one way to say to somebody for free? Once you say yes, that's your calling. Now you enter in comfort zone. I can't do that. I'm shy. I'm introverted. I can never be a speaker. I'm afraid, blah, blah, blah. No, no. What we have to do, what most people do is they bring their calling down to the level of their comfort zone. And what we got to do is figure out a way to bring our comfort zone up to the level of our calling, which is the second question. Once you answer, what would I drive five hours one way to say to somebody for free? And you say, I would because I know my message will heal my message will help. Then the second question is, if you had one hour to live, what would you say? What's your last lecture? What's the, the tip of the spear? And once you identify what your message is, then you go into the four sources of material, life, transitional, significant emotional events, turning your bucket list into a living list. You see what I'm saying? You go to the nine aspects of the balance wheel. If, if I've had a weight loss experience or an exercise experience, if I've had a continuous education, uh, deeper spirituality, emotional stability, whatever you're an expert in and you focus in on your story, then you answer the three questions. Why should I listen to you? Can I do it too? It's worth sharing. Yes, I figured out the steps that I can share. How do I do it? Here's the plan of action. Here's why you listen to me. So now Louisa goes on this program for 26 minutes and I've been on over 500 shows. Glenn Beck, Oprah, NPR, the list goes on and on. And here's what usually happens and I don't want to rain on your parade, but this is what's happening to me most of the time. 
producer comes in, Dan, it's so great to have you. You're in your green room. We're going to come and get you in just a little bit. You can watch what's going on before you in the monitor. But, you know, we're going to have to cut you back to 13 minutes. And you're like, I am so jazzed about 26 minutes. And maybe they're going to cut you back. And what that does is it puts up a red flag immediately that whatever questions you had submitted or whatever they think or whatever you think they're going to talk to you about, it means that they're going to edit the number of questions that they ask you or the interviewer, Louisa, is going to find a, a question of the questions that someone wrote out for her or him and say, I want to ask that one. I want to do that. I want to do that. And when you have limited time, this is what I do in media training with so many professional athletes and superstars. When you come on a program and you can't control the questions or the time, what you can control is your agenda and your purpose and reason for actually being on the program. So you have to be clever in the way that you transition from a question that's going to take you off of your agenda. And so I just did in a 60 minute podcast to all the commanders of Yokota air base in, in Japan. It's the fifth air force and their mission is to deter China, the threat of China. It's, it's a really big deal. Nobody in the States really knows how significant the threat of China is right now to American security, to Taiwan. It's, it's a scary world. And I just did a 60-minute podcast. Well, let's just say someone is, in, in, is intrigued by that. And Luisa gets on the set in, in Santa Barbara, Montecito, and she's blindsided. Wow. You know, you, you, you keep having these positive masterminds, but aren't you scared to death about the South China Sea? And, and the real threat from China? And all of a sudden, she's like, what? <laughs> and it's going to take away her precious time of plugging her book, teaching people that they can change their lives by hiring her as an extraordinary life coach, that they can join her mastermind and be inspired by everybody on this call. So what she has to do is tactfully acknowledge the question. That's a great question, Julie. And you know what? I'm so grateful for the United States Air Force who allows us to sleep at night because freedom is not free. And it allows me to clear my mind, meditate every morning, cold plunge, do my research and engage in my life coaching so that I can uplift every single one of my clients. So they leave me saying, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. So you've got to know what you believe, my friends. You've got to know who you are and what your message is to the world. What is your calling? You have one. No one's like you. We have to figure out who that is and what that is about. And if I'm on the program as a keynote speaker with Louisa and with Tess or with any of you, now that you know me and you know my intensity and my twisted sense of humor, I'm the first one to acknowledge that there are a lot of folks in every audience who really don't dig me. They don't relate to me. They might think I'm a pompous windbag, dumb jock. I can't do anything about that except just show up and be the best version of myself, be transparent, be 100% trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. 
and do my best so everybody leaves me saying, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. But thank God I finished my keynote and they invite Louisa up. They give her this magnificent introduction that answers, why should I listen to you? And in her grace and sophisticated elegance and polished professionalism, she shares a signature story that's been edited so every word pays its own way. You're not going to bore us. You know the life lesson. And now everybody that did not connect with me connects with Louisa. So the event is 100% successful. We have to believe in our uniqueness and, our, and, 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 and make sure on a daily basis we are traveling we are walking the road less traveled. We have traveled the road before. We're eyewitnesses to the steps of resiliency. We're eyewitnesses to saving our souls. We're eyewitnesses to, to, to resurrecting our, our relationships. I talked to my cousin. He's my hero, five years older than me. Two Vietnam tours. Been on the cover of Money Magazine. He's just unbelievable. He has three beautiful daughters, are all married now, three amazing son-in-laws. And his son, who was engaged, uh, it, you know, hung out with the wrong tough crowd in high school, got way into drug, you know, heroin addiction, blah, 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 serious, sad times. And his dad gets a call from somebody that was from the old neighborhood that one of Zach's very best friends from high school was just found dead on the streets as a homeless guy on the streets in Phoenix this weekend. And his dad had the sad news, had the, had the responsibility to deliver the sad news to his son, Zach, that one of his best friends, even though he hadn't seen him for 20 years, was found dead still as a, as a heroin addict. And my cousin last night on this call, my hero, he said, when I shared that message with, with Zach, he said, I sat down next to my son, put my arm around him. And I said, Zach, you know, you that could have been you. And he goes, Dad, I know it. I'm so sorry I put you and mom through this. Because he's gone in and out of rehab a few times. But now he's been clean as a whistle for two and a half years. It's, it's so exciting to see what he's done. But this is my point, my friends. His dad said, Zach, it's not that you put your mom and I through anything. I refuse to stop fighting for you. And Zach said, yeah, that's why my buddy's dead, because his dad and mom gave up on him. That's part of the message I just had with this hour-long podcast for these folks in Japan, 8.30 in the morning, their time. We need to tell stories that basically encourage each, each of us to never stop fighting for what we believe, what we want, what we deserve. Law of attraction. We don't attract who we want. We attract who we are. That's why I take pride in being a friend of Louisa. You're just a, you realize, you know, the number of minutes we've actually spent belly to belly is probably three hours, maybe. I don't know how long. Same I don't know. Us, really good time. Yeah, uh, more, than, more than what? that with you, Tess, but. It was quality time, and that's why I can't wait to see you again live. And I'm sorry I keep pontificating. I'll stop. I have it. Well, I do have question. to say, I love myself when I'm with you. So I truly do experience exactly what you just shared. And I do, you know, one of the huge moments in my life when I was 17, there was a friend of mine who I thought was a shiny bright light. 
and she couldn't see it. I could see her being a shiny bright light and she was just electric to be around. She overdosed and died. And I remember thinking if she has, if she had only seen the way, see herself, the way I see her, she would have known how absolutely magical she was. And I think seeing that at 17 played such a huge role in my life to the way I show up and the way I experience people, because I realized how valuable we really are. And what was funny is I became a hairdresser because I really was all about let's look good. And then I took all these courses because I was thinking, let's be smart because I wanted to look and be the part of what it looks like to belong in the world. But I realized I was missing the beingness. There wasn't like, you can't just do this. You get to be this. And what I love about your share is when people are listening to us, they're like, well, you could do it, but I can't. Well, yes, because they can't because they don't see it possible yet. And the experience is it doesn't happen overnight. It happens gradually. It happens day after day of showing up. Like all of us could be watching Netflix right now. All of us could be doing anything but being on here. And we chose to be on here because we really see the value of who we're being and the way we show up in our life. And one of the questions I get asked a lot is the, the what about me? And I always think like, when am I going to get mine? And my, my thoughts are, I've never met a successful person who isn't generous. Every successful person I've ever met says, what can I do for you? And so you shared and touched on that a lot tonight. It was, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? And your world grows because you're in contribution versus it's all about what can I take from you? And may I just add to that? Gary Brecker, one of my dear friends, he says, if you're selfish in the morning, you can be selfless the rest of the day. So you need to focus on, <clears throat> on you. I wake up every morning at 5 a.m. <clears throat> I have an awesome gym in my house because when my alarm clock goes off at 5 a.m., it's better to be disciplined than motivated. If my feet don't hit the floor and I'm not in the gym by 5.05, I've already talked myself into liposuction and a tummy tuck exercises way overrated. But during that exercise hour, I've already decided what podcast I'm going to listen to the night before. And then I leave the gym sweaty, go into my library and read and study and prepare for another hour, memorize one quote a day, one scripture a day, read a story. I've already listened to a podcast to help me become better today than I was yesterday. One of those nine aspects of life, a podcast that will illuminate more information, more passion, more reason, more conviction. And that's all before 7 a.m. when the phone rings or I have to look at my emails or I have responsibilities with my, with my family or friends. So, yes, you can still be selfish and strengthen yourself and fill your flask up. So as Louisa said, you're in a position to just pouring into other people, just keep giving, 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 because you've already filled up your tank, which means your, your car can not only drive, but it can drive fast and high performance and help others win the game. And then, oh my gosh, and we're going to sleep and we're going to fill back up our tank mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever we do. Yeah, I love what you said, because that's what you do, Louisa. You didn't talk about your, your focus on strengthening you so that you are that pillar. So 
why should I listen to you and look at you? Yeah, I, my morning is a non-negotiable. I agree. I, I, the world could be on fire and I will be at hot yoga and I will enjoy every second of it because I just you're gonna be, Did you I, just say you're going to be hot at yoga? I'm going to be at hot yoga. Where's your, right humility? Where's your Where, humility, girl? Where I get gross and sweaty and absolutely love every I'm minute. I'm going to be so, so much hotter than anyone else at yoga. I can't wait to show up. Yes. Okay. So I'll, I'll take that in because I absolutely love it. But I do get to open it up to everyone else in here because I will take up the rest of the time. But I know everyone's on pins and needles dying to meet you. And I am going to give everyone an opportunity to thank you and ask you a question. So who, Joe, would like to go first? And tell me who you are and what, where you live and what you do and why you joined this Louise I love Joe, but Joe, I, I muted you, so you've got to unmute because I, I do mute everyone just so it could um, take away the the noise in here. The dog's barking. Yes. Hello, Joe. Ben. Okay, my name is Joe Angard. Right now I'm in Encino, California. Good. With a New York accent. This is going well. Oh, definitely, definitely a New York accent. Um, I'm a consultant in the um, in the IP business, intellectual property. I represent manufacturers and I negotiate for brands to put on their products. And you are incredible energy that comes out of you. And so, and especially when you talk about Louisa, when you talk about other people, it makes me feel as if you're also talking to me and including me in those words. And I take what you say as entertainment because you are a very entertaining guy. And so it's been a pleasure to spend this 40 minutes with you. You know, all your, 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 plan programs and then you're nine this and you're eight seven and all these things you know it gets down to one thing be yourself and be happy with yourself and other people will be happy to be with you because we don't exist unless we reflect a soul in another person otherwise we're in bed with the pillow on our heads so that's why we get up in the morning can we recognize that in another soul so we feel good about ourselves and, and Louisa, I met through a mutual friend. And on Tuesday morning, I say, oh, man, at 5.30, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I know I'm going to show up for Louisa because I know I'm going to have a good time. And she's, as you say, a beautiful person. And we want to always be around beautiful people like that because that's what, what they've created in their aura. And that's what we enjoy. I agree with you. Back Joe. to you. You know I what? Joe. Well, let's, just, let's just be completely honest then. Okay, so in our world, I want everybody to know that I was attracted to Tess. I was attracted to Louisa, not because of their beauty, because of their intellect, because of their soul. And that sounds so cheesy. But you don't raise children with a body. You don't change the world with a smile. You could influence it, but it has to be about character. It has to be about understanding love. It has to be 
about what you just echoed, Joe, being you so you invite other people to be you and people can see, you know, together we rise. People can see themselves in each of us and we attract who we, who we are. So I appreciate what you said, Joe, but I wanted to make sure the world knows that that doesn't diminish your outside appearance. We know that. But in our superficial world of, yeah, nice, you know, nice looking guy, nice looking woman, at some point we've got to speak louder and more frequently about what the law of attraction really is. And it's about heart to heart, soul to soul. And that's why I love you. That's why I honor you. That's why I admire you, Louisa. And I appreciate you having me on your, on your program. Same with you, Tess. And now same with you, Joe. <laughs> okay, there we go. Look at his thumb. Look at Dan's thumb. Oh, oh my! Mine does that too. I How think about all, that? I think we're all extra special. That's great. <laughs> that means we're very flexible. Is that what it means? Mentally, spiritually, we got to get all in. I see Fatima's hand is raised. This woman is my soul sister. I absolutely love her. Fatima. Hi. Oh, my gosh. This was so Hi. amazing, uh, Dan. Just everything you said really resonated. And, you know, I love my soul sister, Luisa. I love everything you said about her. It's so true. This woman really sees you. She really gets you. And I love how she helps you uncover, unpeel, and really get to the surface of who you are. Working with her, being friends with her, I have really come full circle in understanding that. And I just love what you said about you know, the story, the power of your story. And my question to you is, do you believe that our gifts find us as a way to be a vessel to create impact with others? Like what, what are, um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, yeah, what do self, you is, self is not discovered. Self is created. Mm. When you have someone come into your life and say, you need to change, or they try to buffer it by saying, hey, go find yourself. Where do most people go find themselves? Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> all of us were in the same room and we hopped on the same bus and drove to Boulder, Colorado. When all of us pulled into Boulder, Colorado, we would actually see people walking out in the bushes with backpacks on looking for themselves. <laughs> hey, come out from behind that tree. Finally, nice to meet me. Hey, let's go pay hide and go seek. Where have you been my whole life? No, self is not discovered. Self is created. So your gifts can't find you. But here, back to the law of attraction. Yeah. You know, The Secret, the book, the movie, Dear Friends with Bob Proctor. He was one of my mentors, and God bless him for after he passed away. He's the one that really illuminated the law of attraction, especially through The Secret, but he kind of mystified it. That's why I tried to simplify it by saying we don't attract who we want, we attract who we are. But the challenge that I find, which is a direct answer to your question, Fatima, is that you can't just manifest out into the world. And if you're a, a woman or man of faith and you use the word prayer, you can't just pray to a supreme being, to the master organizer. You can't just manifest out into the universe and expect someone to show up or some event to show up in your life. It ain't never going to happen. What happens is we need to understand that we're on a path. We're on a journey. 
And when Stephen Covey in Seven Habits said one of his seven habits was begin with the end in mind, that's a limiting belief. Because if we begin with the end in mind, it forces us to do our very best to, 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 to I, it forces us to focus on a destination that's impressive, do our best to manage people and reward results. That's the hardest thing in the world to do is to get somebody to do what you want them to do. What happens is if we begin with the why in mind, that invites us to focus on a journey that's important, manage expectations and reward effort, which means there's no destinations. It's all a journey. We go into the gym every day. As an American football player, what everybody needs to remind themselves about is that not every play is designed to score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. This play sets up the next play, which sets up the next play. And eventually that running back breaks through for a 30-yard scamper and scores the game-winning touchdown for the team. Every single time we invest in ourselves in a mastermind, in, in, in a podcast, every single time we go into the gym, every single time we go into the library, every single time we do anything, if we look at life as a journey, not a destination, we will never, ever, ever say, how can I find my gifts? We need to create those gifts and remember that they're already on our journey. They're already on our path. Yeah. The law of attraction is we see what we're looking for. Mm. And if our baggage, if, you know, we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are. If all of us are looking at the same, out the same window at the same lashing rainstorm and someone complains what a horrible day and someone else exclaims what a wonderful day, the weather did not change. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. The people that you need in your life right now, Fatima, are already on your path. The experiences that you need to have in your life to take you from where you are to where you want to be are already on your path. But until you get completely clear on who you are and where you're going and why you're going there, you won't, you won't notice them. Okay, so right now, I wish we were all in the same room. Uh, so we're all looking at Fatima right now. Everybody focus in on what's green, what has a green tint on, on the screen. And I don't know if my screen's well, good, but when I had Fatima, say something, Fatima, so you take the full screen, just make a okay. noise. Okay. Okay, so to this side of you, it looks like you have some sort of a wood, cool panel, art, whatever. It looks like it has a green tone, does it? Yes. You got a couple of plants right up here on either side of the book, and those are green. And yeah. the cover of this of these two books over here by this beautiful <laughs> rock, energy rock, that might even be kind of a, I don't know what color it is. And you don't notice anything else. I said, focus in on what's green on the screen. So you decide where you're going, dear friend. You decide who you are. Hang with Louisa. Let her ask you the deeper provocative questions, evocative questions. Who are you? Why are you? What's your calling? Bring your your comfort zone up to that. Know that you're a beautiful soul. You're here for a reason. You have a message. You have a mission. Yeah. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, once we get clear and we begin with the why in mind, not the end in mind, 
We start noticing the people in our lives that will help us get from where we are to where we want to be. We start having experiences because we want to take advantage of that opportunity. We're going to pick door number one when if we didn't have a clue who we were, we would have just normally picked door number three because eight other friends from our past dragged us there. And if you keep hanging around with people who drag you into the past, it's like they're trying to rob your old house and you don't live there anymore. At some point, we got to kick them and let them go. I still love you. I support you, but you're not part of my tribe. That was a long answer, girlfriend, but you <laughs> are awesome. You have a million dollar smile. She has such a glow. I seriously love this woman. She's just, I was telling her the other day, there's like highlighters, there's some lamps, there's some lights. She's like a stadium light. She walks into a room and it is like Fatima's here and she just glows. I can tell that about you, my dear. And to you, Joe, you have a presence. If I was around and you walked into a room, people would stop and say, who is that? And what does he do? And obviously the same compliment goes to you, Fatima. Yeah. Eyes are the window to the soul. And we learned that through COVID. Everybody's covered up, but you can see if they're sad. You can see if they're lonely. You can see if they're happy. You can see if they're in love. You can see if they need forgiveness. Yeah, so That's true. beautiful, Louisa. Thanks, Fatima. I hope I shed some light on you because Absolutely. Are waiting. too many people are waiting for life to happen. Yeah. I've flown all the fighter jets. I've flown all the bombers. I've done everything that you saw in the Maverick Top Gun movie. Nice. And when I first landed, my first fighter jet experience was with an F-18 that you saw in Maverick Top Gun. And when we landed... And I climbed out of the cockpit. What they, what, what my, what, what my question to my commander was was, how did we fly this magnificent machine twice the speed of sound, Mach two at seven point one uh, G's? And he said, by feel. I said, what do you mean? He said, you became the plane. I said, what do you mean? He said, when you climbed up the ladder and slid into the cockpit, did you strap into the F eighteen or did you strap the F eighteen onto you? I'm not just going to tell you a story about flying a fighter jet. I want to leave a message. <laughs> the message answers your question. Take charge. Where do you want yeah. to go? And why do you want to go there? And you'd be surprised how people will reveal themselves yeah. and doors were open and you'll get exactly where you want to go because you will be getting exactly what you're looking for. This is so awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. This is oh, gold. I appreciate it. Thank you, Louisa, for thank you, my beautiful one. Hosting this. Brian. Hello, Brian. Hello, Louisa. And uh hello, Dan. Uh pleasure to meet you. All right, dude. Where are you from? I am specifically from Edison, New Jersey, have lived here my entire life. Very, very cool. How do you find Louisa? What exit are you living on? <laughs> it's called the clubhouse exit. Yes. Good for you. Yeah, I'm I'm from the clubhouse exit. Um, I'm also uh, starting to make myself a name from the speaking exit, too. Um, so, yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily have a question. I, I will say I do feel inspired um, from your story. Um, among the highlights that I take away is how you persevered 
when uh, doctors um, kept telling you no, and then you found that one doctor that said, yes, you're, you're going to get through it. Um, you know, uh, I, I have, um, I, I haven't gone through something like that in terms of doctor stuff, but I have gone through uh, my share of things as it relates to uh, somebody um, on the autism spectrum. And so um, I just, um, I mean, I persevered. I, I've um, gone through my own uh, fitness journey. Um, so I guess, I guess my question then would be, um, how, how do you um, get back up each time after, uh, after somebody brings you down like that? Like a staircase, you don't, have to, you don't have to see the top stair to begin climbing. You only need to find the value in taking the next step. The football analogy, not every play is designed to score a touchdown. Nothing more insignificant than the halftime score. Momentum is only as good as your next play. It's not blocking a kick or intercepting a pass or recovering a fumble. That changes the game, but it doesn't change the momentum. What you do very next changes the momentum. So getting knocked down is not a big deal. It's a pause. It's the silence in the song that makes it a hit, not the notes. So what you got to do is just put your mindset in the right mindset that this isn't a destination. You know, failure is an event, not a person. I always say, and I quoted it just flippantly a while ago, but pain is a signal to grow, not to suffer. Once we learn the lesson the pain teaches us, the pain goes away. So in life, there's no mistakes, only lessons. Nothing happens to you. Everything happens for you. So I, I wake up every day, and I the first thing I say is, life is hard. Today's going to be a tough one. So when something happens that, that throws me off, it's not a surprise. If you're not failing a few times, it means you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Anybody can ski back and forth across the ski hill. Every once in a while, don't you think you ought to point your skis downhill and get a little thrill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, I guarantee if we all hung out together, not one of us would ever kill ourselves. But if we got depressed, if something happened that was so devastating, we lost sight of what, of what Louisa said, that the most powerful word that Lisa has said to me so far in our 40 minutes on, on the air is the, the word Y-E-T, yet. And she just flippantly threw it out as part of her conversation. No, 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 it's not the end yet. No, we're not failures yet. No, we're not completely <laughs> successful yet. No, Dan's hair is not as good as Luisa's yet. You see what I'm saying? So the answer is, you already know the answer. We all do. Plato taught all knowledge is recollection. So anytime any one of us are on a program or on stage and we say something evocative or profound and people nod their heads in agreement, I'm not teaching them anything new. I didn't teach any of you anything new. Some of you have nodded your heads most of the time I've been speaking. 
I didn't teach you anything new. You, I, you, you recalled something that you learned in a previous experience. Everything you need to take yourself to the next level and to take your organization, to take your entrepreneurial dream to the next level is already inside of you. All you have to do is hang around with the right podcasts, the right mind shares, the right masterminds, the right people, and just take it one, one step at a time, baby. So true. I love the sentence. What are you pretending not to know? Oh, wow. That's deep. Let me think about that one for a second. Because just we know it. What did you say? What are you pretending not to know? Because we do know it. And everything you just said is so true because we're not learning any of this. It is a confirmation for what already is is who we are. And it lands. And that's why we're nodding because we're like, yes. And I love that you shared that. So thank you. Great question, Brian. And thank you so much for always being so powerful and showing up and being so unstoppable. I love the way you show up in life. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to meet all of you belly to belly at some point because that's what it's about. Isn't this such a beautiful tribe, Dan? Like I so love my 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 circle of happiness. I get around everyone. I'm like, this is my life. This is truly my life. I get to be around the most beautiful people and an experience. Elias and I had, I don't know how many hours of a conversation earlier today. And it was so magnificent. I connected with him yesterday and we were just catching up. And then I was like, I need to interview you because I really need to have you share your story. And I guarantee you, he's absolutely connecting with your story right now. Elias, do you want to share anything right now? No, definitely. Um, yes and no, but this is awesome. <laughs> just to how, talk about how what cool you said. You, right? How cool is he? Who are you, dude? Yeah, it's a law of attraction. It's when you, it's people like what you're talking about. People aren't attracted to who you want to be. People are attracted to you for who you are. And Louisa and I, I we're trying to figure this out about a year ago. I think that's when we kind of connected and then we didn't talk for a while and then we recently reconnected, but our, we're, people say in the secret, we're vibrating at a certain level like-minded. And so I'm happy to be around like-minded people. So Dan, it's so nice to meet you. I have to be really honest. I really, I vibe with your saying, it's good feedback, but I'm going to have to Google you when we're done because I don't know who you are. So I'm coming at this from somebody who doesn't know you, but either way, I love having these conversations. This is so awesome. You know what you didn't tell them? That you are also Donald Duck. What's that? Donald Duck? That is not in your bio, Dan. It it comes and goes over the over the years. I'm old. Yeah, that's a that's a funny deal. I was when I was 12 years old, I was in a weekly television series. It's kind of the precursor to Family Affair. And I was the voice of a cartoon. And the two brothers, Tom and Fred Bluth, directed and produced the t- television series. And they had been Disney, cart- uh, Disney animated cartoonists. And if any of you have children or grandchildren or you're familiar with the, the uh, animated dinosaur series, Land Before Time, or American Tale, Fifle the Little Mouse, Never Say Never, uh, he won the Thumbelina, the, the Hans Christian Andersen Award for Thumbelina and opened up Blue Sullivan 
animated studios in Dublin, Ireland for seven years. Sorry, just a second, I did something goofy. I don't know what I did, but that's the guy. Those are the two brothers. So in between sets, you know, lights go down, change clothes or whatever for the television series. They taught me how to talk Donald Duck. That's the funniest thing that's ever happened. Because, and, you know, you can get voiceover agents and blah, blah, blah. It might be really hard for you to find my, my credibility booster at DMC, Daniel Mark Clark. That there's enough of the episodes that would make you smile because guaranteed, I'm the only Donald Duck that you can understand. You know, Mel Blanc was the original voice of all of the Disney characters. When he died, his son took over, did Goofy, did Mickey, those, anybody could do those. But he sucked at Donald Duck, and they've had two other guys, Tony, whatever his last name is, Amelia, I don't, I don't know, and moi. <laughs> I can't believe Tess, you threw me under the bus twice now. Fern. <laughs> I miss you. I miss our class. See, I had to get it in. Yeah, but Dan, Dan, that made my day. That made my week. That was awesome. I can't. I've got more secrets and skeletons in my closet. I better get off now because I can't believe Louisa started with my fern story. <laughs> and now Tess brings up Donald Duck. Yeah, you're, you're back to it's Donald Duck. We I, should tell you something. I should tell you something, sir. You'll never guess who I agreed to work with. Who? I agreed to work with Noggle and crew. See? And you predicted that in January. They are so fortunate to have you. You will add the perfect frosting on their cake. Tell them I said that. Okay, I will. It's they recorded. Should, they should buy a new car before you start day one. Yes, since I would love to have you share right now, especially because uh, we're already going there. Well, I, I would highly recommend Dan. He has a textbook and I mean it's an online textbook you can fill out and I have a signature speech that I prepared working with him and it's kind of cool because I did go to an event that Chris threw last weekend and somebody walked up to me and they the, the idea of the zipline and Dan was there the day I got stuck on the zipline but unfortunately when I got stuck on the zipline I was with Chris Noggle and Kelly Cardenas and a few others but the funny thing is somebody that didn't know about it asked me about it and I just kind of spelled the story and it's I am not, I, I had to learn confidence. I did not have a lot of confidence, but when I got done, the guy looked at me and said, wow, that was really interesting. And I'm like, yep, and that's all Dan Clark. So Cause, yeah, because it just kind of flows because we practiced it. I mean, for, I had 16 weeks with him. It was a college type class. And I literally have an entire one hour signature speech that I've written. I love that. And that is so important for, and I love what Dan said, you know, when you get him invited to speak, you definitely want to be prepared as opposed to throwing spaghetti at the wall. 
You know, and the tools still carry because my class finished in April and now I'm putting together like my seven points and my, for my book, because it, I, it looks like in about six to eight weeks, I might be like ready to roll. And I, they're like, do you have stories? And I'm like, the picture wheel he was talking about, I have that by category. I just pulled that list out and started looking for my stories that were related to what particular trait I was talking about for the book thing. So all the tools are not only for the speech, but I pulled it out for the book and said, okay, because it's a reminder, I have like five pages full of stories so that I can attach it to what I need it. Because like Dan said is, um, well, he didn't say today, but we have a set of like 15 stories. So if you know how long it takes to say that story, no matter where you're at, you can pull it out of your golf bag and use it. So he really spends a lot of time bringing this together for you. And I, I miss the class. I know a lot of them bailed by the end, but I do miss the class. So I might have to like audit when the next one starts going. You're so funny. Thanks. I think I need to be participating also, just saying. It, it, awesome. So when he does it again, will you let me audit? But I think if I recall, Louisa, when I said, hey, how are you? You looked at me like, who wants to know? You blew me off so freaking fast. Louisa. I think she did. I think that's my memory, Jess. Louisa, we got to talk. Yeah, I, know. I love him. Look, you're, you're here and with the whole world. I was just, I was holding space for it to be magical, Dan. <laughs> I was just waiting to like, have it as a like, oh my God, look who I know. No, later we finally connect. This is good in front of God and everybody. This is good. Right. And the other thing about the, the working with Dan on speeches, you don't realize how many, how, how cool you are until he tells you. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? You get this intro and you're like, is this really me? You're so funny. Okay. So I want to know who this gent is with uh, the, the polo shirt on. Is that Jack Knight who wants to say hello? Jack Knight, you, I'd write a song about you, but I don't know what rhymes with stud muffin hunk of burning love. <laughs> How you doing, Dan? Nice to meet you. Good, brother. How are you? Tell me where you live and what do you do? I live in Hermosa Beach and I'm a firefighter. Been a firefighter for almost 30 years. So I've spoken in Hermosa Beach and Manhattan Beach. I know where you live. And every time I get there, I start my speech by saying, you know, when you die and go to heaven, you're not going to like it up there. I got a pretty amazing life down here. I really oh do enjoy God. it. Hermosa Beach, that's not even reality. That's just unbelievable. <laughs> Good for you. I'm very, oh, very I fortunate. Honor, honor you as a first responder. That's so cool, bro. Yeah, I work. Um, I don't work in Hermosa Beach. I work in the high desert. But uh, Where, yeah. up in Antelope Valley? I work in, actually, I work for the city of Barstow. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a com that's a commute. You must have a Ferrari to get there in 30 minutes. Right, huh? I um I've dedicated myself there years ago and I really enjoy working there. And we uh we get to do a lot of stuff out there, so it's pretty exciting all the time. Yeah, been through Barstow multiple times, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. So how can I serve but, you? Um, yeah. You know, I really I love your energy. You got great energy, and I love hearing you talk today. And it's been an honor to meet you. Uh, your balance wheel—I I really like that. 
I'll send a copy to uh, Luisa and she can dispense it to all of you if that's something that you'd be interested in. Yeah, I would be. I would love to see that. And, um, and the significant life. What happens when we fill out the balance will? Most of us have a jagged, you know, one out of 15 uh, physical fitness for you. It wouldn't be 15. I, I, I don't believe you think you've arrived, but it might be 14. You know, continuous education. Let's just be honest. Maybe it drops to 10. Uh, deeper spirituality. Let's just say that's, you know, nine, 10. All of a sudden, emotional stability, that's 14. Anyway, my whole point is once you fill out the balance wheel and connect all the dots, most of our balance wheels are jagged and bumpy. And the metaphor is when our lives, when our road, when our journey gets bumpy, when our road gets tough, most of us blame the road. And what we need to do is start moving the needle in each one of these nine areas of life to with the goal to smooth out our balance wheel so that it really is round. Right. So that we really can smooth out our journey and, and, and become the best version of ourselves. So I'm glad you brought up the balance wheel. I forgot to share that metaphor that we need to look in the mirror. So sorry to interrupt, bro. Not interrupting. I enjoyed the I enjoyed it. So I appreciate it. Anything I can do to help you? Are you out in the speaker world? Are you out? How did you, what attracted you to Louisa? <laughs> uh, Louisa and I became friends a few months ago and she shared this and I was honored to be able to jump on. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, she's awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you, brother. Remember, we tease those whom we love and respect. So <laughs> now that I know you, I you said, who's that, who's that handsome guy in the extra small <laughs> Well, being a firefighter, I'm used to being teased. We do a lot of that at work. That's good. It's all fun. Or, just, or just getting hit on by all the ladies. Like, yeah, you know, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he all drives right. down the road in his truck and everybody's like, please, I'll light my hair. I'll light my house on fire. Stop. Stop. I'll burn toast. Yeah, there you go. That's funny. Yeah. All righty. Anyone else want to share? Thank you, Jack. David Reed, we haven't heard a thing out of you tonight yet. No, you're you're staying quiet. Well, I don't need to say anything to, you know, to absorb all the greatness that I've been listening to. But thank you, Dan. You know, thank you a lot. Look at this guy's studio. What do you do, bro? <laughs> I uh, do many things by day and by night. By day, I'm an attorney. By night, I'm a disc jockey. What so, kind of music do you spin, brother? I do all sorts of things at the station that I'm on the most of is all popular hits from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties and beyond. That's our tagline. So that's my music. Yeah. you like it. Boss, boss, radio.com. Everybody check it out. Bob on tonight. OSS. Hmm. OSS boss, boss, radio.com. You can hear me at 10 o'clock tonight, California time. Oh, I love it, man. Do you ever have guests on or do you just spin music? I'm I can, I can bring you on. I'd love to bring you on. Come on, you know, if you want to, if you want to be that, you want to be a guest DJ. We could put spin tunes together. Oh, I just want to talk music, man. That's well, we could do that, Monra. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, if if David had made it on earlier, I was going to have him introduce you because he does a remarkable job with introductions. But we had me, and so yeah. the, the voice of God, right? Yeah. 
good. I'm sure you got it covered perfectly. It was great. I did. All I had to do was highlight his 800 amazing points and everybody was in. And, and that was brilliant. You know what I did? We started off with the Fern story and you missed out on the Fern story, but it was pretty spectacular. And I have to say it was pretty amazingly strategic on my end. Did y'all notice that? You know, I think now that I'm reminiscing, I bet there's 15 or 16 hotel employees who are still in therapy. (laughs) I don't know, but I am so tempted to kind of have a replay just Uh, to see what happens. No, 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 no. No, no replay. Oh, yeah. You never know. Just, you know, I'll let you know what floor I'm on in whatever hotel we end up rendezvousing at a conference or something and. Yeah, you can just, you know. I, I think wherever I see the crowd of people, I'll know exactly where you are. <laughs> I Colleen, that's you never have... happened again, you know. I, I know. I know I learned what my lesson once. So that's all I needed. Yeah. You know what? I didn't even think about it, but I'm probably the person who puts my tray right outside the door. So now that you mentioned what people think of those people, I didn't realize I was that person. You got to walk it across the hall and down three doors so no one knows that you're the bum that stuck it out there on the carpet. I apparently am the bum who just like (laughs) threw it out there. And I didn't even realize that was a thing until right now. You were like, oh, there's like how we look at those people. And so funny. Now that I know. (laughs) Corrine, we can't leave you out, my darling. Oh, I've had such a super long day, but it, it was very inspirational. Thank you. I loved the Fern story. It made me laugh hysterically. Um, Where are you? Are you an art collector? Um, that was uh, stuff that my parents had collected from their travels. Where do you live? Um, I live in Sherman Oaks or I'm Valley Village, California. Where's that? By Sherman Oaks? It, it's uh, basically like North Hollywood. It's one of the little areas in there. Uh. But you were very inspirational. I feel very energized after hearing you speak. So thank you for your stories. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time uh, to speak with us. Thanks. My daughter's big time in the entertainment business. She lives in Toluca Lake. So I've been around Sherman Oaks, Toluca Lake so often. That's fun. I love Toluca Lake. We, we just ate dinner there the other night at Foreman's. I know Foreman's well. Yeah. My daughter, <laughs> she's a choreographer and dancer for Dua Lipa. And- oh, Big time, uh, Megan Trainer. She used to live right across the street from Megan. She's in Toluca Lake. And so, Dan, when you're in town, you got to let me know. Where Where do you live? I'm in California, in Agoura Hills, which is not far from there. I'm like 30, 40 minutes. That's right. Yeah, I know where Agoura Hills is. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I definitely. I try to get there as often as I can, just for that reason alone. But I still speak quite a quite a bit down there. That's very cool. You should definitely, definitely say hello when you're in town. And I have to say, I am so grateful for your time, your wisdom, your, you know, it couldn't have been more perfect because this absolutely sets me up for my Thursday. And I was like, ooh, this is so good. Dan Clark's going to be on Master Storyteller. And I kind of need some of the support for when I'm on. And, you know, my intention that I hold space for every day is guidance. And I truly consistently feel that what gets consistently put in my way is guidance. And I appreciate you being on and and really just giving me my very next step and allowing everyone in here to 
really receive from all of your experiences and all of the things that you have created in your life. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for believing in me. And it's good to connect with Tess and meet all of you. And I hope we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. Uh, and share that link with me and I will make sure I share it with everybody. And is um, are there any other ways that we can contribute to you? Yeah, I kind of pulled my podcast down a little bit. I'm resurrecting that in the next two weeks. It's good podcast, Dan Clark, Power Players with Dan Clark. I've got had some amazing guests. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Dan Clark Speak. I've been uh, loving your reels, by the way. Yeah, I post a lot of stuff. I'm going to go videotape tonight when this is over. Uh, yeah, just danclark.com. You can uh, take Tess's recommendation and see if I can help you speak like a pro. I think it's the best value out there as far as a speaker boot camp course, if you will, because I take it seriously. I want to exceed expectations. And when you finally know you're ready to monetize your stories, and get paid to speak and take it to the next level. Um, I want to be your guy. I want to be your person because that's kind of my legacy. And I've written 37 books. I don't need to read it, write any more books. But one of my books is a joke book, time-tested, awesome story books, story jokes, jokes, if you will. Quote book, I can help you. And this is gold record songwriter. I can help you edit so every word pays its own way and teach you that process reminding you that the hook is what sells the song. And so you need to come up with stories that actually have a hook. And maybe that would be the best way to conclude one of my signature iconic stories that, that illustrates and illuminates the word support that you kind of brought up again, Louisa, that you're here to support us. You're looking for guidance so you can be of more support. It, the story's called Broken Doll. A mother encourages her daughter to come home as soon as school is over. Time comes, time goes. 30 minutes later, daughter walks in through the front door of her home and her mother scolds her. Where have you been? I've been worried sick. She says, oh, mommy, I walked my friend Sally home from school. She dropped her doll on the sidewalk. It broke all to pieces. It was awful. Her mother said, so you're late because you stayed to help your friend pick up the pieces of the doll and put it back together again? She said, oh, no, mommy. I didn't know how to fix the doll. I just stayed to help her cry. I challenge all of you to become wordsmiths and great storytellers. And if you're interested in taking it to the next level, I, I want to be the guy to do that. So you can find me, you know, I think my free Facebook group is called Speak Like a Pro by Dan Clark. And I'm going to reactivate that and really become more active now that I've moved back to Arizona and I have a little bit more, uh, a little bit less distraction in my life. I fly out in the morning to speak in Montana, so I'm still speaking over 100 times a year. That's my, that's my passion. But if I could coach any of you, I'd love to do that, especially you, Louisa. <laughs> I'm all in. Hey, girl. Nice Thank to you. Me. Thanks for having me, girl. Have a beautiful night. Thanks, you all.